At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the sports betting network. It is Rush Hour, ladies and gentlemen, presented by Bed Rivers. Welcome in. I'm Danny Burke, your host, right here on VCD Sports Betting Network. As always, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook on this fine Tuesday evening. We've got plenty to look forward to in the next hour. Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia City Cast, partnered with Bed Rivers. He'll be joining us probably, I guess, in about 15 minutes, we'll say. We'll put the mark on 15, and obviously we'll kind of recap what happened in week one throughout the NFC East with his Eagles, take a look at the updated odds throughout the NFC East, and if his thoughts have altered one way or the other surrounding his Philadelphia Eagles. If anything, I'm sure they've just gotten more excited about the upcoming season base off their week one opponent. But not only that, we'll look forward to their week two game. As for the rest of the NFC East, with Ryan Ross seeing it about 15 minutes after we're going to be talking some baseball. I personally got one play on the diamond, but I know Jeff Erickson's got plenty of them. Senior editor over at Rotowire will be joining us in a half hour. We'll go over tonight's slate, and if we have some time, maybe look at some of those future odds as we are nearing postseason time in baseball. And then at the end of the show, we'll kind of just recap all of the action I have made thus far. We'll start with some of my NFL plays, and then we'll recap it at the end. We'll talk about my college football plays that I had, and then also that baseball play that I bet as well. We will hit that all at the end of the show. But let's go ahead and begin with a familiar segment here in terms of what we did last season. Had it last week to bring it back, and we're going with it again. And that is Teaser Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, where we look over the potentially most viable teaser options for the upcoming slate in the NFL. Now, uh, just putting it out there, there aren't that many great ones. That doesn't mean that there aren't some decent options, but in terms of fitting the bill, uh, there's not a lot that really fall under that category. And if you're not aware, the most viable teaser options historically, home favorites of just over seven points, meaning if they're laying about seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, you tease them down by six points, and that brings you through the key number of seven and through the key number of three. Also another good spot is a short home or road underdog of just over about a point, right? So if you get plus one and a half, plus two, plus two and a half, you tease them up by those six points, get you up and through the key number of three and through the key number of seven. So short home and road underdogs and home favorites of just over seven points fall under the category of being a viable teaser option. Now, again, there really aren't that many great ones, and the lines kind of have changed since I was even looking at it earlier at Bet Rivers. But, of course, if you're playing somewhere else around the country or whatever it may be, you may see some of those numbers posted. But let's begin with the game between the Bengals and the Bears. Noon kickoff on Sunday, home opener for the Chicago team. This line actually opened at 3.5 in favor of Chicago. And then, well, I guess everybody saw their performance on Sunday night football and saw the Bengals get the job done against the Vikings because the love immediately came 
for Joe Burrow and company. It kicked it down to as low as two and a half. And certainly that would fall under the viable category of, you know, the short road dog up to two and a half if you were looking to bet the Bengals. But now we see it at three. Money lines minus 150 for Chicago, plus 130 for Cincinnati with a total of about 44 and a half. Now, again, this will probably go back and forth. It's still earlier in the week, and there's obviously many other areas to look out there. But the point being is if it goes to that two-and-a-half spot, the Bengals fall under that category. And, you know, as a Bears fan and someone who's consistently frustrated with this team, I would not advise against doing that, right? I mean, like, look, at this, this Bengals offense did well against his Vikings defense, and nothing that the Bears defense did on Sunday night gives you any hope that they can do that much better against Cincinnati. Now, realistically, yes, they will do a little bit better. The Bengals allowed five sacks against his Vikings interior. You would hope the Bears interior, consisting of Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, could get to Joe Burrow at least a couple of times, if not more, against his weak Bengals offensive line. But at the same time, that secondary got exposed. We assumed that was going to happen. The Bengals have a lot of receiving threats with Boyd, Higgins, and Chase, who had a good debut, being Jamar Chase in his week one outing. And also the run game, look, that's the best part of the Bears' defense is stopping the run. So if they could get enough pressure on Joe Burrow to help out the secondary, then yes, the Bears should win this game. But the Bengals will keep this one close more than likely. The Bears are going to make you sweat it out one way or the other. And that's why teasing up Cincinnati in this spot could be a really good look. And even at three, yes, you're going to get it to that whole number of nine, which, you know, you could get the push and obviously check the stipulations of your book, whether it's the push or the loss. We had that last week with the Bucks laying it at two. We had the push and it fell right on that number, which is very unfortunate. But look, it happened. So, uh, again, if the Bengals get to two and a half or if you want to do the six and a half to give it off to whole number of nine, then that could be a good spot for you with Cincinnati on the road against Chicago. Let's go ahead and take a look at another game then that certainly fits the bill or at least did a little bit earlier because this one was also at two and a half and now we see it up to three. But again, this one will probably go back and forth and is different at some other spots potentially. But uh, 3.25 p.m. Central Time kickoff, we've got the Chargers and the Cowboys. Los Angeles opening up as a three-point favorite. Total opened up 50 and a half. Up to 55 now, and let's be honest, yes, there are going to be plenty of points scored in this game, so that movement makes complete sense. Uh, money line for this one, Los Angeles minus 155. Dallas is catching plus 135. But again, when this was at 2.5, fit the bill for the Cowboys being in the viable teaser option spot as a short road dog, catching 2.5, tease them up to 8.5 against his Chargers team. Now, personally, I am high on Los Angeles this season. I know a lot of people are. They made the investments to the offensive line with Slater, who already in week one showed to pay off. I know it's insanely early, but he had a really great outing for week one and really not having much playing time in the past year. So good, good look so far with Slater. The defense should be getting better. You can't take too much into account because of them playing the Washington football team. It's going to be a tough test against Dallas, who had a great offensive showing against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, who have arguably the best defense in the NFL. So what can the Chargers do to limit them, if at all? The Cowboys also had more rest coming off Thursday night football. Dak Prescott still looked great. You need Ezekiel Elliott to step up. But again, that was going up against that tough run defense that Tampa Bay poses. So Ezekiel Elliott should have a bounce-back performance, we would assume, against the Chargers. And even if he doesn't, again, Prescott looked great. The receivers looked very solid. They should do well enough to maybe even cover the three if you don't want to tease them. 
but just for that sense of security, maybe even a better option just to tease Dallas up if you want that added comfort, really, and, and more points in your favor. So, again, could do the 6.5, then up to 9.5 if you don't want the whole number, or see if it gets to 2.5, then to 8.5, or you can let it go to 9 because the chances of it falling 9 are slim to none, but I said that with the two-point <laughs> teaser, and of course, that fell on it for the opening game of the NFL season. But it is what it is. Those are some decent options if you're looking at some teasers. Now, uh, just a couple of other ones that may be a viable spot, not in terms of that, you know, fall directly under the notion of being historically the most successful. But that doesn't mean there aren't other opportunities. For example, I think on Thursday night football with the Giants and Washington football team, now that you know Fitzpatrick isn't going to be your quarterback for a majority of the season, especially in this, you know, week two matchup, I think the Giants catching three and a hook is intriguing in itself, and especially if you tease it up and you can get him up to nine and a half at this point. That could be a decent look for the G-men who certainly struggled in their week one outing, but Washington's defense is going to step up at least, and Washington's offense could be like it was last year now, so it could be a slow, kind of ugly game, and keeping close at the end of it. So teasing up the Giants could be a decent look. Uh, also another one, how about the Vikings and the Cardinals? Now, this one I don't really like whatsoever because I'm bigger on the Cardinals. I like Arizona a lot heading into this season, and you know we saw what Kyler Murray and company did. Hopkins remains the best receiver in the NFL. Murray looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I know we don't want to rush to judgment, at least on Murray, but, man, great performance from Arizona. And on the contrary, Minnesota did Minnesota things, and that's blowing a loss where they should have won against Cincinnati. And now we see Minnesota catching five. So, look, you could tease Minnesota up and get it over the relatively keyish number of 10. Not the best spot, in my opinion, because it wouldn't surprise me if Arizona blows them out and, that's why some of these teaser spots are kind of tricky, but could be an interesting way to look. And then also, how about the Titans and the Seahawks? This is a game I actually kind of like taking the points with Tennessee as is, catching five in the hook. A total we're seeing at about 53 and a half. But again, you could tease Tennessee up here because I don't think we should panic on what we saw off of Tennessee this past weekend. I think that's not necessarily an anomaly, but what happens from time to time in the NFL season and sometimes especially in the beginning of the year. So don't freak out over Tennessee. Look for the Titans to probably get close to covering that five and a half. But if you don't feel comfortable, could be somewhat of a solid teaser option or NFL week two but again you know there wasn't really that many so kind of stretching it out with some that could still be somewhat of a good option but I as of this point I'm not playing any teasers again we'll see where these lines kind of move as we get closer to the start of the NFL week two slate but before we head out here I did just want to go over some of these plays that I had and if we don't have enough time to get through them again we'll touch them later at the show but you know we we're just talking about this Titan Seahawks game I like this game a lot in terms of betting the total over. Uh, 52 and a half is where it opened. 53 and a half is where we're seeing it currently now at Bet Rivers. So again, you know, these are two teams that certainly have their defensive struggles. We saw it already happen with Tennessee last week. And 53 was a number that was posted earlier at Bet Rivers. Now it's up to 53 and a half, but I played the total over 53. The Titans had three turnovers versus the Cardinals, and Henry just had 58 rushing yards. I know the Seahawks have a somewhat better run defense than they do pass defense. I mean, no, they definitely do, but look, don't panic. Like I said, the Tennessee offense will be fine. Hopefully the offensive line steps up, and so does Henry, and the Titans will be able to expose the Seahawks defense. 
We're on the other side. Titans giving up 416 total yards of offense is bad. The Seahawks will for sure expose that. Russell Wilson will absolutely expose that. There will be plenty of points scored in this game. You've already seen it open 52.5, move up to 53.5 and even beyond. But again, I played the total over 53 in that matchup between Seattle and Tennessee. So uh, that's one of the bets that I already have so far. Uh, you know, we kind of teased it already, and we'll hit it later in the show, but I'm playing the Bears on the money line and an under later as well. But stick around because we'll be talking about that later here on Rush Hour. But we are continuing the conversation in the NFL. Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia CityCast, joining us next year on PC. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. We've got the Chicago, Detroit, Philly, and Pittsburgh city casts up and running with five new episodes every week. Check it out and subscribe to your local city cast wherever. You get your podcast. How lucky are we here on Rush Hour? We've got the host of the Philadelphia City Cast joining us now, ladies and gentlemen, and that's Ryan Rossing, who you can follow on the tweets at WiseRye. And again, host of the Philadelphia City Cast, five episodes per week Apple, Spotify, Google, all of that good stuff. Ryan's got you covered, and Ryan, I'm sure it was a very happy episode to get this week kicked off. How about your Eagles, baby, putting the hammer down on the Falcons? Jalen Hurts, you and I were touting him last week, saying we believe in him probably more than the average person, and he came through. What were your takeaways from that game, and how are we feeling about the Eagles, baby? Well, Danny, first of all, uh, thank you for having me. I, I just got back from the parade down Broad Street. I don't know if you knew that we had a parade earlier today after the week one win. So uh, I don't know why the NFL still has the rest of these games scheduled, but I guess we'll play them out. Um, <laughs> now, listen, this is as close to a Super Bowl feel right now. I say that somewhat kiddingly, but the overreaction throughout Philadelphia, Danny, has been, uh, listen, it's been nice. Like, we, we can joke about it. And, yes, Atlanta clearly has some issues, and they're not a great team, but, Hey, what, what do good teams do? They, they take care of business against the lesser ones, and, and that's exactly what the Eagles did. You know, just quickly, you asked me about my thoughts. We got some answers about head coach Nick Sirianni, and for a week, you brought up Jalen Hurts. We, we got some answers at quarterback, at least for now. They were efficient. The play calling was great. And the offensive line, which I brought up last week, that's the story. The offensive line finally helping for the first time in two years. The Eagles looked surprisingly pretty decent. And, and they really did, and you're right. I mean, Sirianna right away looked like he had the teammates around him, you know, and you want to see that right away in that week one game along with the victory. And there was just so many good things to talk about. And I guess at the same time, you know, I'm sure you don't want to go too crazy considering, hey, maybe it's the same Atlanta team that just, you know, craps the bet every other game. But at the same time, there really were some beneficial things to look at from this Eagles team to begin with. And you couldn't have asked for a better performance all around 
Now, Ryan, I know it's incredibly early, but we had you on the last time talking about the NFC East odds, and I want to get your thoughts on the updated ones now because we do see Dallas as the short shot, plus 135 at Bet Rivers. Washington now without Ryan Fitzpatrick, catching plus 275. Your Eagles are 3-1, to one, and the G-Men are plus 550. Do you still like the Eagles as a longer shot to come out on top? Not as much as I did last week, <laughs> you know, five to one, uh, certainly better than three to one. And, and you and I, I remember discussing this last week with you, Danny. I said, listen, out of all the futures market potential uh, bets that we can place before NFL week one gets underway, uh, I, I like the Eagles at five to one. And that's, of course, depending on where you're shopping. But at Bet Rivers, it was five to one, maybe plus 550 uh, for a moment. Now, you look at Bet Rivers here in Pennsylvania, the Eagles are three to one. And right now, I, I don't love it. I, I still like it because they're the third, they're the third lowest there. Uh, they jumped the Giants. Now the Giants are in the basement for now. But we know this is going to evolve, and unfortunately, I don't think the Eagles are going to go 17-0. and So for this week, Danny, I actually would recommend to stay away from it. Last week at 5-1, to I thought it was a little bit more of a value play than it is at the moment. Yeah, and, and I think that's a good point and an important one at that, too, is you don't have to rush to judgment on a lot of these futures, specifically like a team such as Philadelphia, that is sure to have some bumpiness throughout their schedule in such a volatile division that is the NFC East. So probably just wait-and-see type of approach would be the best route to take. But what about a route for their next opponent, the 49ers? What do we think about this one? Is It's going to be a tough match, but San Francisco certainly took their foot off the pedal against the Lions in Week 1, really scared everybody for their survi uh, survivor pool, myself included. But San Fran is laying four on the road with a total at 49 and a half. Do you have confidence in your boys to cover that spot in week two? It's going to be a different ball game. You know, obviously the Eagles are back at home, which never hurts them. I'm sure the crowd's going to be nuts at the link coming off the surprising upset win to start the year in Atlanta. But you back to early in this game against the Falcons and you know the Falcons they got the ball first they drove down the field methodically and you're sitting there if you're an Eagles fan saying okay here we go let's hope it's high scoring because it looks like this Matt Ryan offense for now is going to do what they want they got like 14 plays 74 yards Eagles held them to a field goal next possession for Atlanta long drive about 70 75 yards and the Eagles were able to sustain and hold them. But against better teams, you have to clean that up. Like, you cannot let that team drive down your throat to start the game. There were seven stupid penalties, self-inflicted wounds from the Eagles. So my point is this 49ers team is not going to be the Atlanta Falcons. They have weapons. Debo, uh, Debo Samuel went off in week one. So that's going to be an interesting matchup against Slay. How do you slow him down? Obviously a little bit more of a veteran seasoned head coach with Shanahan. So this is a much different opponent, but as long as the offensive and defensive lines are healthy for Philadelphia, Danny, I really think they're going to be able to compete against anyone on their schedule throughout this season. 
Yeah, and I mean, especially offensively, as long as Jalen Hurts can be consistent, they have enough talent there all around with the running back with uh, Miles Sanders. And then obviously, you know, Jalen Hurts has the mobility to be a dual threat quarterback. Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, the list goes on. And, and Goddard as well. I mean, again, it starts in the trenches, but the Eagles do have a high ceiling if they can come through. So uh, that week two matchup hosting San Francisco will be fascinating to see how good this Eagles team can be and how close they can keep it. Let's keep it in the NFC East, though, and talk about the game coming up soon, which is Thursday Night Football, which I think has a lot more intriguing speculation on it now because of the absence of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Heineke uh, is going to be in the game now, and Washington's laying three in the hook with the total down to 41. Do you still trust Washington despite the quarterback change, or can the G-men look a little bit more alive than they did last week? You know, Washington's intriguing to me, Danny, and I, I just want to ask you, like, what type of step back is this Washington team potentially taking right now with Heineke? The, the kid didn't look bad last year. Let's not all forget in that big spot coming out of nowhere, coming from driving Uber. Now he's in a playoff game. The kid looked pretty good last year in a huge spot. If that is a version of himself that can be consistent I don't know. Do you think this team takes a step back uh, as much as others are potentially implying, Danny? I personally think, at least in this Thursday night football game, probably not too much. Because you're right, he sufficed in the role last season. He did pretty well this past week. They didn't get the win, but the benefit you still have with Washington is one of the better defenses in the NFL, right? And that was kind of my handicapping with them even going into this season. I played them over eight wins because I thought Fitzpatrick would bring in that added talent, at least offensively, to get them over that hump. Now, again, you know, for the long haul this season, this certainly is going to change things because I think he's going to do enough to keep you in games, but I don't know if he's going to do enough to get you over that hump and win them if it's close at the end. Your defense can only do so much and keep continuously putting you in that field position. So I think he'll be okay, but I don't think it'll be enough to win the NFC East at this point. And I think it opens the hole even more now for your Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, no, and, and I completely agree. And as far as my prediction on this matchup, uh, I, I still, despite, you, you know, you make some good points there with Washington, like can this kid close? How are they going to look now identity-wise? I, I just think the Giants are a dumpster fire. Like, I, I'm sorry. I, I just do not have faith in them for this matchup. I still like Washington. That defensive line in front seven is no joke. Uh, and I think they'll be able to skate by long-term over the next couple of weeks. I don't know. NFC East wise in that discussion, I agree with you right now. It comes down to Dallas and Philadelphia in the NFC East. I think it's a safe assumption right now that the Philadelphia Eagles have the second best quarterback in this division by far. Yeah, and I don't really think, I mean, it's early, we don't want to overreact, but honestly, you know, if I'm putting my money on it, I think it does end up with those two guys being the top quarterbacks in this division. Daniel Jones, you know, doesn't pose as much of a threat as Jalen Hurts. I mean, he obviously has a higher ceiling in Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, so I think you're absolutely right, and we know what Dak Prescott's capable of. So a lot to unfold throughout the NFCs. Ryan, of course, as always, we appreciate you helping us kind of look into it heading into week two. And uh, hopefully the Eagles bring you some more happiness after this weekend, my friend. <laughs> we'll see if there's a second parade next week. I appreciate it, Danny. <laughs>
Ryan Rodstein, ladies and gentlemen, at Wise Driver. You can follow him on Twitter. Remember, you can catch him hosting the Philadelphia City Cast five episodes per week, partnered with Bet Rivers, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, all that good stuff. He's got you covered. But we'll get you covered coming up next here on Rush Hour. Let's talk a little bit of baseball. Senior editor over at Rotowire, Jeff Erickson, helps us dissolve tonight's slate. I got a best bet as well. Stick around. We'll let you know all of that next. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today and get full access to our sports betting experts. That include 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every single game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. Get everything VEASAN has to offer for only 22 bucks per month. That's right, just 22 bucks. So check it out now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe that's vsin.com slash subscribe all righty welcome back to it here on v cindy sports betting network the show is rush hour i of course am danny burke your host doing it live out of the bet river sports book here in Des Plaines, illinois at the rivers casino big thanks ryan rothstein host of the philly city cast partnered with bet rivers giving us all his excitement from what occurred this past weekend with this Philadelphia Eagles, kind of looking deeper into the NFC East. And in case you missed it, we have seen some of those odd shifts. So once again, you know, Dallas is the short shot right now, plus 135 at Bet Rivers. Washington catching plus 275. Philly at 3-1 to one now. And like we alluded to with Ryan last segment, the prior week before the season started, they were 5-1. to one. Now they dropped down 3-1. to one. The Giants, who he says is a dumpster fire, can't disagree with them as of this point, but uh, the G-Men are plus 550. But he's right. You know, if you want to see some value, probably hold off now because the NFC East is sure to be one of the most volatile divisions as it you know, typically is. And again, because of the uncertainty with how Washington's going to look now, if Dallas can keep up and win these tough games really at the beginning of their schedule, if Philly can look as good as they did in week one, and if maybe the Giants could even improve, Hold off, probably get a better understanding, and then just see if you could get some better value later on. But uh, again, big thanks to Ryan for helping us kind of unfold the NFC East. And we'll talk more football uh, in about 15 minutes or so. I got some college football and NFL plays and one baseball play. But let's go get some other baseball plays from our main man, Jeff Erickson, who does great work covering Major League Baseball this season with us. And over at Roto-Wire, where he serves as a senior editor at Jeff underscore Erickson, where you can follow him on Twitter. Jeff, it's it's a pleasure to have you back. We had to take a brief hiatus a little bit and get ready for the football season, as I know you probably did too over at Roto-Wire. But I want to focus on baseball tonight, and I want to start off with this Philadelphia Phillies and Chicago Cubs matchup. The Phillies seem to be getting some of the love on the money line tonight. I mean, minus 195 up to minus 210. Cubbies catching plus 175. Nine is your total. Samson taking on Gibson. Now, the Cubs are a lot worse on the road. We understand that, Jeff. But at the same time, you know, Gibson has kind of been an unreliable pitcher. Is it worth, you know, going toward Philly in this spot, even if you're doing the run line at minus 104? The guy that we knew before 2021, uh, before the trade. Uh, you know, and it's interesting to see that you know, what's, what's happened to him. 
But I look at the opposing starter in Adrian Sampson. Uh, you know, you we have kind of a career track record. He is a quad A pitcher. He is kind of the definition of that. And, you know, hey, we'd all strive to be that if we were trying to live our own best lives. But and trying to back a guy like that, it, I, I don't expect a whole lot. What I do like today is the over. Uh, you mentioned that the money line's gone up. It, uh, you know, I was seeing it like 190 to begin with here. Uh, and, you know, there's a whole lot less value at 210. Uh, so I'd probably try to attack the over instead because I do think it'll be a high-scoring game. Okay, yeah, nine is where we're seeing it, and it is shaded to the over, minus 121. And I don't doubt that. I mean, Philly hits a lot better at home, and they're certainly going to probably take advantage of Sampson. And as we mentioned, I mean, Gibson hasn't been too reliable, so hopefully the Cubs can't contribute enough to get it over that total of nine. Uh, what do you think about this total then, man, just overall game thoughts with the Rays and the Blue Jays because the totals have been soaring over as of late for Toronto. 8-22-11-11 and 11 in the last four games is what they have scored respectively. And tonight they're minus 139 against Tampa, who's catching plus 118. The total is at about nine. You're getting Barrios taking on Rasmussen. And it would seem like, to me at least, the spot would be to go with Toronto, the hot hand. But I don't know if I'm fully there with Barrios at this point. I, where are you sitting at with this one, Jeff? This one's kind of perplexing at this spot for me. So the the uh, Toronto uh, starting pitcher is Barrios, obviously. And he's uh, probably you know, weighted as a favorite here as well. It's just the Jays are red hot. But, you know, Rasmussen for the Rays is uh, the starter today for them. And... July 5th, he allowed four runs to Cleveland in one inning. Since then, he has not allowed one run, uh, more than one run in any outing since then. Seen his uh, ERA plummet by over five runs. Really interesting guy. You know, we all know about Willie Adamas going over to the Brewers and how big that was for them in that trade. Rasmussen was one of the guys that came back to Tampa Bay, and he's been fantastic. He's been a stabilizing force in them. I'm more inclined to almost look at the under here, uh, and I know that's heresy in a Toronto game, but especially the way they've been hitting lately, but... I think that's where there might be some value. All right. Well, speaking of value, Jeff, I know you had some interest in this next game. How about the Mets taking on the Cardinals? Uh, New York up to minus 175 at Bet Rivers. St. Louis catching plus 150. Shorter total here at eight. Slightly shaded to the under still, minus 117. What can you tell us about this game tonight? Uh, and this is one where I like the uh, pitching matchup for the uh, Mets a lot better. You've got Stroman on the mound. Uh, going up against uh, 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 Jake Woodford, a guy that's a little less battle-tested. I know the Cardinals are playing really good ball right now, and probably both of these teams are in the wild-card hunt. Uh, I know it's a low number, but I like the under again here. Uh, you like like uh, City, City Park, uh, City Field, uh, and how well it plays for uh, pitchers. Uh, I think as the weather starts to cool down a little bit more, you know, the ball's not going to carry as much. I do think this is a good place to go on the under here. I think if you want to bet a side, I think I'd t I I would pay up the, the minus 175 for the Mets as well. Okay, so looking toward the Mets against the Cardinals, another team who have certainly struggled away from home and really just in general as of this point. It's all about catching the Mets in their hot streaks, and hopefully they can continue that tonight against St. Louis. Uh, Jeff, this next game I got a particular interest in is I am playing this one with the Giants and the Padres, as I'm sure a lot of people are. And San Fran's now up to minus 182. Total here is at nine, but you're getting Descalfani taking on Jake Arietta. And Arietta, when he was on the Cubs and then when he's been on the Padres, his last 10 starts, which whatever team it's been, they have all lost those, which is incredible to say the least. The Giants just clinched the postseason. Is there anything to read into that based on maybe them celebrating too hard and you look to fade a team like that? Or is that maybe more so for the division entirely and then you could still potentially trust uh, San Francisco in this spot? 
So I thought about that, but you know, the division means so much for the Giants. You really don't want to get in that one one game wild card. Uh, they're neck and neck with the Dodgers, and I don't think they want to cede any ground to the Dodgers. I think they've been a good, you know done well to maintain. I think I'd probably I, I'd avoid the narrative play. I'd probably stick with the better pitcher here in uh, Desclafani. I don't really want to touch Arietta. I mean, you're you're a, you're a Chicago guy. You know how rough Arietta's been as of late. He had those nice couple starts in April, but man, he, he's a, he's a rough patch there, and I don't think he does much better. Meanwhile, and you know the the Padres are missing Cronenworth. I think that's a big loss in their lineup. You know, Tatis has had to shift back to shortstop. They've gotten so little out of like Tommy Pham and uh, Will Myers lately too. I, I think I'd like the Giants side of things here. And just looking at this NL West end, do you still have? I mean, because I know you've been leaning toward the Dodgers for the most part, yeah. but, you know, are, are you still thinking L.A. is going to give them a run for their money? Do you maybe look toward the Dodgers finishing out on top? You know, I mean, two and a half games is a lot <laughs> with a couple of weeks left in the season. It doesn't seem like it. Um, every time I think the Dodgers are going to make that run, you know, the, the Giants go on another one on their one. They, they won seven in a row. I mean, it's ridiculous. Eight in a row now. And. You know, you, you saw they had that big series a couple uh, a week and a half ago, and they thought, okay, well, this is finally the Dodgers have caught them. It's on. It's finally we're finally water's going to find its level, and then the Giants go on a, another tear. It's it's just really remarkable. Um, I think uh, I've been a fool to bet against the Giants so far. I don't think I'm going to triple down on this one. Yeah, and it certainly bodes well for San Francisco when you get to take on the Chicago Cubs and then you sweep them. So that helped their case uh, this past yeah. weekend, that's for sure. Uh, Jeff, before we head out here, we got about 90 seconds. I, I was kind of peculiar about this game. Close to playing it, didn't pull the trigger. Red Sox and Mariners. Red Sox, to me, would seem to be the move. Minus 139 here, but Eovaldi has kind of struggled on the road and didn't do too well against Seattle, giving up five earned runs. That was back in April. But regardless, you know, Boston not as strong on the road. However, do you trust him in this game? Uh, I do. I think Eovaldi has actually been a lot better lately, and that's the thing that I'm kind of going for a little bit. Uh, I am I'm back in that note. Boston's such a weird story, too, because of how racked they've been with COVID, how they've had to kind of really kind of and you know, look in the nooks and crannies to field a lineup and able to get through this year and still competing for that wild card spot. I know they even, you know, they got passed by the Jays and that was quite a run by them. But I, I actually kind of like the Red Sox side of things. I like the under. Uh, you know, Seattle I think is hitting like 220 at home, something of that nature. It's just, it's really a tough place to hit. I think uh, I like the under because of that. Yeah, eight is where we're seeing it. You're right. Seattle has struggled at home this whole season. Tough place to hit. That has been the story. Could be tonight. Total at eight. Slightly shaded to the under, minus 115. But, Jeff, that's going to wrap it up for us. We appreciate you uh, being with us tonight. I know we're getting close to October, so we're looking forward to having you on to help us handicap the postseason. But until then, my friend, take care. Thanks. Appreciate it, Danny. At Jeff underscore Erickson. Again, you could follow all of his content on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erickson, but over at RotoWire, where he is a senior editor. They've got you covered for every sport. Jeff's got you ready with baseball and the NFL. We'll get you ready with the NFL next. I'll go over my dimes for the NFL, college football, and baseball next, right here on Rush Hour. Hour on VSN, the sports betting network.
Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays in all of the pro football matchups, plus, they're bringing back the Reduce the Juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million Beat the Spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to BetRivers.com to bet. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Okay, we are wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, at Danny Burke 5 if you want to follow me along on Twitter. As for VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, at VEASAN Live. Big thanks to Jeff Erickson for helping out Handicap Baseball. We'll get to my baseball play in just a moment. I kind of already teased the last segment, but if, in case you missed it, we'll go over it again. But I did want to get into some of my college football action and my NFL plays. But let's start with college football, and let's start with a team that you unfortunately can't bet in the state of Illinois, but if you have the opportunity to, I think you fade that team being the Northwestern Wildcats as they're taking on Duke on the road, and this one opened at three in favor of Northwestern, and this total's been about 50. Now, if you're looking at other Bet Rivers affiliate in Indiana, for example, two and a half is what the Wildcats are laying. Total's at 49 and a half, but there are sure to be threes out there once again and probably still out there. And I would take the three with Duke. That's the play that I would make. Uh, Duke, yes, they lost week one at Charlotte 31-28. to That was a tough spot uh, for Duke to lose and pretty embarrassing flat out. But they come back week two, 45-17. They get the dub against North Carolina A&T. We know what happened to Northwestern in week one, getting, I don't want to say embarrassed, but beat down pretty badly against Michigan State. Week two, they bounced back against Indiana State, but it wasn't anything that impressive, 24-6. to uh, look, Hunter Johnson has been okay for Northwestern. You know, he's obviously doing a lot better than he did in 2019 in that brutal season for the Wildcats. 39-59 of 59 in two games, 349 passing yards, four touchdowns, one interception, but just a completion rate of 66%. Whereas Duke's quarterback, Gunnar Holmberg, he's 40-56, of 56, 498 yards, just one touchdown, and a 71% completion rate. But that's because Mateo Durant, the running back, already has six touchdowns this season three in each game respectively almost 300 total yards overall averaging about seven yards per carry uh, evan hall the lead back for northwestern no touchdowns 213 rushing yards also about seven yards per carry but the slight quarterback advantage you know i i guess you go even honestly at this point with gunner and hunter we'll see how hunter johnson does on the road in this spot but the running back battle certainly the advantage is going to durant and you would say the defensive battle goes to Northwestern, and it still does, but it's not as wide at this point, right? I mean, Northwestern struggled week one against Michigan State, and then, yes, you limited, what, Indiana State to six points, but that's Indiana State. What are you going to do on the road now in this spot? This is going to be interesting to see this kind of a test of a game for Northwestern, who has just allowed 22 points per game in two games. But 340 total yards is what they're allowing, 161 in the air, 179 on the ground. That is why I think 
Duke can control the time of possession with Durant on the ground, take advantage of that weak point of this Northwestern defense, and cover that three spot. So I'm not sold on this Northwestern team. Wasn't even before the season, and especially now traveling on the road against this, yes, unproven Duke team. But I don't like the idea of laying points with Northwestern in this spot. So instead, I'm going to take it with the Blue Devils here. So give me Duke plus three as they are taking on Northwestern. Now let's go ahead and transition over to a uh, little bit probably, uh, I don't know, maybe just not as hyped up game, UTSA in Middle Tennessee. And you may be asking me, how did you get here looking to bet this game? Well, I saw there was some significant line movement in terms of the total here. 57.5 is where it opened, and 58.5 currently is where we're seeing it at Bet Rivers. Uh, and that's what I played it at, over 58.5. It's a lot higher in some other spots. Maybe not a lot higher, but a point higher. And look, UTSA dropped 37 when they took on Illinois and won on the road. And then against Lamar, 54, but that was sort of expected. Uh, Middle Tennessee on the other side versus Monmouth, they won 50-15. to 15, And then they lost at Virginia Tech, 35-14. to 14, But Virginia Tech, a pretty respected team as of this point. UTSA averaging 300.5 passing yards at this point. 161 on the ground throughout those two games. And defensively, they're allowing about 150 in the air. 117 on the ground. Middle Tennessee averaging 265 passing yards thus far. Not great on the ground, though. Just 81 rushing yards throughout two games. Uh, in the air, they are allowing about 173 passing yards and 156 rushing yards. So I could understand why, you know, a lot of the love is going to UTSA lane 13 and a half, and that's a side I would lean. But I do believe this is going to be a higher scoring affair, and I play the total over in this one, 58 and a half, with Middle Tennessee and UTSA. And then to round it out for my college football action as of this point, how about Auburn and Penn State, two teams who we know have solid defenses, and I think this is going to be a similar game that we saw with Penn State and Wisconsin week one. Slower, grosser, and a lot of time being eaten up on the ground by each of these teams. Now 53.5 is where we're seeing this total at Bet Rivers, and I played it under. Now again, that game against Wisconsin, 16-10 to 10 was the final. Auburn has only allowed 10 total points, and that was week one versus Akron. Shut out Alabama State this past weekend. Penn State only allowed 10 at Wisconsin and 13 versus Ball State. Now, Auburn will probably do a little bit better than that, but at the end of the day, 53.5 seems a little bit too high to me, and both of these quarterbacks have their concerns. Sean Clifford with the turnovers, albeit he's done better in this early part, but now he's actually getting really tested. I mean, the Wisconsin game was a test, but that was week one, and now that he's more acclimated, let's see how he does in this tough spot. Bo Nix has been fine, but he still has a lot of question marks surrounding him, and now he will go against, finally, a good defense in the Nittany Lions. So I think it's going to be kind of one of those, maybe not grosser, but just slower tempo type of games, not as much, not as much fireworks. So I like Auburn-Penn State under 53.5 with the game total. But all right, let's go back to the NFL action I had. I know I kind of touched on this. We already talked about the over that I had, and that was in the Tennessee and uh, Seattle game. Now in that game, I am playing the total going over in that spot. I think the defense is really going to be non-existent, and 52.5 is where we saw it open. But uh, again, 53 is a number I got earlier at Bet Rivers, up to about 53.5 as of this point. So I played the over with the Titans and the Seahawks. We'll kind of recap that later in the week as well. But again, look, the Titans were atrocious week one. They will bounce back offensively and be able to take advantage of the Seahawks defense that I'm not sold on being good whatsoever. 
And on the contrary, the Titans gave up 416 total yards of offense. I don't think they're going to improve in week two against Russell Wilson on the road. So look for a lot of points between Tennessee and Seattle. Over 53 is the number I played. Then the Bengals and the Bears. That's right. I'm playing my Bears. What could go wrong on the money line here? Minus 150. Look, Cincinnati had a game they didn't deserve to win. They gave up five sacks. That offensive line still looking brutal. Minnesota was able to get to the quarterback. You best believe Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Robert Quinn at least should be able to make a dent toward Joe Burrow's day. I know the receivers are going to be having their highlights every now and again, now and again against this libel Bears secondary. But if the Bears can't control the tempo on the ground with David Montgomery, which they should absolutely do and keep implementing Justin Fields because they're not going to start him, but it's also the Andy Dalton revenge game. But no, in all seriousness, uh, it was three and a half, went down to two and a half. Now it's kind of settled back at three. But I laid the minus 150 on the money line just for a little bit more security. I think the Bears get the outright win in the season opener, and I think it's a good spot for them to show that they can still be a top defense and hopefully get a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow and limit that run game, which they did against the Rams. But that offense has to step up, and if they can trust David Montgomery, then I can trust that the Bears will win this game minus 150 on the money line. And then we had the Raiders and the Steelers. This one, uh, I like the under in this spot. Now, it wasn't one that I thought I'd be really handicapping to begin with, but 48 is where we saw this number kind of open at. And if you looked around, you got as high as 49 and a half. And that's a number I found and played under 49 and a half. Just think that's a little excessive in this game. You've already seen it drop down a lot now to 47 at Bet Rivers. But look, it could be a letdown game for the Raiders after that hectic, insane matchup last night. Uh, Steelers should take advantage of a weaker defense, although the Raiders looked a little bit better defensively. Najee Harris should have a good game, which means that the clock will be winding down as they're going to be running the ball more. But again, slower tempo because the Steelers have a great defense. Raiders, I think, have a solid offense, but on the road against his top Pittsburgh defense, I think it won't be enough to get over the total. So again, I got 49.5 played under. If you get 48, 48.5 would still look under. 47, you might want to stay away. And then if you missed it earlier, for the action we have tonight, I played minus 162 on the money line with the San Francisco Giants. I know it's up to about minus 182 or so. So if you want to get involved against Arietta, who whoever has been pitching for, being the Padres or the Cubs, that team has lost his last 10 consecutive starts. Look for the Giants on the run line, though, instead. But doing the Giants, excuse me, minus 167 on the money line is what I had, along with all those football plays we'll talk about more later in the week. Till then, take care.